Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and as exciting as it is to see Omaha's food scene continue to grow and evolve and expand, there's just a certain comfort in having those classic places that have been around for so long that they have just become beloved. They're like bedrocks of the Omaha food scene, and I think Dinker's is certainly one of those. It's been an Omaha staple since 1965. And this is the restaurant that really, I mean, I've been going here almost my whole life that showed me like there are burgers and then there are burgers. And I am so excited to talk to the kitchen manager today. I have John Huffless here. John, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So let's just start off at a high level. What in your mind, when you're thinking about burger restaurants around Omaha and even beyond, what is it that makes Dinker's different than any other burger restaurant? We're old school. It's a little hole in the wall. There's nothing fancy about us, but it's good food. Local good. Well, that's, I think that's a huge part of what makes Dinkers special. Is It's like, I th- in my mind, I just think Dinkers is unapologetically Dinkers. Yes. Like, it doesn't try to be anything else. It's got that distinctive kind of a dive bar feel. It's cash only. It's if you want a drink, you, you go up to the bar and you get it yourself. There's no waiters or waitresses. And at some restaurants, people might be turned off by that. But at Dinker's, it just, like, adds to the charm somehow, which I think is so cool. Almost part of the flair of it. It's the neighborhood corner bar that happens to have really good cheeseburgers. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps all the neighborhood people coming. You get the outsiders, and we stay busy. It's nice. How much does consistency and tradition play into your success at Dinker's? Consistency is key. You, if it's not broke, don't fix it. That's one of the philosophies we stick by. Our burgers, we've been doing it the same way for 50-plus years. It it seems to work. So you're, correct me if I'm wrong, but Dinker, Frank uh, Sinowicki. Was my grandfather. Was your grandfather. Yes. Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. And your cousin, uh, Carrie Mum, owns the joint now. So this place obviously has a very important... um, standing in in your family yes third generation owned and i believe it will go fourth maybe fifth who knows what time will tell and what does it mean to you to be such a significant part of that lineage that's helping carry this place on it's huge i mean my grandma we're still using her recipes in our daily specials in our soups our chilies 
it's great to see it move on and to be a part of it. Um, so, okay, let's get into burgers specifically. What do you, like, when you think of a Dinker's burger, what is the defining characteristic of a Dinker's burger? Like, I feel like every burger has its, like, its unique fingerprint. What is the Dinker's burger fingerprint? You're not going to walk out hungry. <laughs> we have a triple on the menu. Why? I have no idea. <laughs> a single, it fills you up. You come in there and have a burger, you're leaving full. You're, you're not going to be hungry. That's definitely for sure. And I think something else that I've seen you reference in other interviews is you don't hide the fact that like that these are not diet burgers. No. <laughs> you you it, embrace the it's fact not that good for you. That, that is flavor. So there's a lot of fat in our burger. Well, like what what are we working with? Are we talking like seventy five, twenty five, seventy thirty? You're getting close, but yeah, it, it's a very well, we're not going to hit fat the ratio. Okay, <laughs> that, that's fair. But. Um, what what is that? I mean, this might sound obvious, but just for people listening who might not know, what does that do to the burger? What does that do to flavor wise and texture wise? Juice, right? the the fat renders down into the meat. That's flavor. It's going to keep it juicy. That's why if if you look at past ones, you'll see I'm attempting <laughs> to eat a burger while it's running down my arm, and that's in a burger. That's what I'm looking for: a nice, greasy, good burger. Your burgers are napkin killers. That's that's, that's for sure. <laughs> um. One thing that I found remarkable is you guys don't season your burgers, right? No. You rely all on the griddle to do yes. that. Tell, tell me about that process. And this is only the second one I believe we've ever had. Besides when they started, they had a little, you know, 10 by 5 griddle. And we're that, talking about the grill. Yes. Yes. Many, many, many years ago. But we cook 50 to 100 pounds of bacon on it every morning. Yeah, that's going to flavor it alone right there. And like I said, the fat ratio in this burger... It, speaks for itself doesn't need to be seasoned how did you pick up that trick that hey if we cook up a bunch of bacon in the morning because obviously bacon has you know you're talking about fat is flavor bacon's got fat but it's it's got just a ton of that natural saltiness if we just cook a bunch of bacon on this grill at the beginning of the day it's going to season the grill the grill is going to season the burgers i mean that seems so simple but i'd never seen a place like just say it so distinctly before how'd you come up with that technique that's just something we've always done. Cook the bacon in the morning, have it ready. And you're going to throw burgers on after that. And it's one of the best parts. Our first batch of grilled onions is probably the best one of the day because that's uh, right there in that bacon fat when the bacon's done. So if you get there early, get the grilled onions. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be bacon onions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, that sounds delicious. Um, uh, I know that especially for thick burgers – which Dinkers has. We're not talking smash patties here. Right. We're talking thicker burgers. There is, you know, it, it can be difficult to nail the cook on those because if you're not working with the right temperature, you can't see the inside. Right. It, it might look done on the outside and it's bleeding on the inside or it can be hammered on the inside and not gr- griddled enough on the outside. That requires, I think, a feel to, to be able to establish that feel. How did you get the the feel to know, okay, I know when this burger's done, it's got to come off? That's time. you got to put your time in. That, when I taught new cooks there, you know, I'm like, okay, you push, you look, is the is the juice clear? Is There's different things, and now it's just, I know. So I touch a burger, flip it, that, okay, that one's done. To teach that to someone, they just have to do it. You have to do it repetitively, and you learn, and I personally like a little pink in the middle. That's how I try to put them out. Just a, a tad. I like mine a little more, but that's how 
the a medium well burger is a good way to serve it, in my opinion. So how? I mean, you you just said that you. you mentioned a couple things that you like to try and teach to people but so much of it is just time and just doing it yes. again and again how do you try and like are there little tips and techniques or is it just hey we just know if we have a new hire he's just gonna have to that's pretty much work how... on the grill for a couple months to figure it out well they'll work alongside you oh okay like I'm they're, like... they're doing something else and watching how long that took okay i need french fries that's about where he's gonna tell me i need french fries so that's timing and just doing it over and over and over. And we do a lot of over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, how many pounds of meat does Dinkers go through in a week? That's a, that's a good question. Short answer, a lot. Yes. In the <laughs> 700, 800. Holy cow. If it's a good week, yeah, easily. So something I noticed about your menu, there's no ketchup or mustard on any of your burgers. I think those are probably two of the most... Common burger toppings. And to be, to be clear, those are on the table. If yes. someone wants to add that, they can add that. But there are not a lot of burger restaurants where I think that's the case. Is there a reason behind that? Nope. That's just one we've never done. It, we built the, put those on the table, then build around it. If you want the ketchup and mustard, it's right there for you. Okay. How, how did you go about b- building the menu and deciding you know, what, what signature burgers we're going to have? The haystack, I'm not even real sure where that, I think my, my aunt went on a road trip, came back, they had a burger with an egg, and they're like, hey, that was amazing. And with that one, we use a local farmer for our eggs, which right now we're also using for our tomatoes. Keep it local. Um, but that one just took off. As soon as we put that burger on the menu, it was huge, and people love it. It's still our number one selling burger. And that's ham, bacon, and an egg, right? Ham, egg, cheese on a burger okay so no bacon no bacon but it, but it's got the bacon infused yes from the from the morning and a lot of people sub the ham for the bacon or throw bacon on it and do it go all out what are some of the other top sellers are there any that like Our surprise you is the next best and that's you know bacon barbecue sauce grilled onions american cheese it's an american classic uh-huh okay tell me you mentioned it earlier but I need more information. Tell me about the triple. How, how, how did that thing come to be, and how did it get on the menu? That, we thought of a challenge. We were trying to think of a challenge. and that It, it was a big deal to name it. Who, who got to name it? And it's the guy who cleans in the morning for us that lives next door. That He came up with the ultimate triple-decker dinker burger. And that stuck, and we've had it ever since. Now, I saw a video of you having this burger, and I was... So impressed because I've I've had this burger a couple times, but it's I mean it's a good probably yes. eight inches tall, maybe nine. I don't recommend it. No, <laughs> to the average. <laughs> but I mean, you were able to actually smash it down enough and like anaconda it to where you got a pretty good bite. When I've had it, I've basically so for those who haven't seen it, you probably can guess by the name Triple, but it's got three burger patties and then basically like all the toppings. Yes. So Three I'll, slices of cheese, lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise, raw onions, grilled onions, bacon. The works. <laughs> so when I've had it, I've basically taken the top burger and the top bun off and had that as like one burger. And then the two, basically a bacon cheeseburger with just one uh, with one bun on the bottom. But I, I've I, seen that method. <laughs> yes. I, well, I was going to ask, what, what are like some of the most creative ways that you've seen people try to eat it? That's the whole smash and go is my favorite. And you'll be amazed. Some girls... 
come in that weigh a hundred pounds soaking wet and take down a triple when you got a three hundred pound guy that can't defeat it. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yes. It, oh shoot, I was gonna ask like, what's the fastest someone's taking it down? But you guys don't really. No, it, it's like a challenge, but it's not something where it's like an event. Like at right. Stella's, they've got the six patty monstrosity, and they time we it and everything. Did have a challenge at one point. About a hundred people tried it. It was the triple double, and it was two triples. Oh my gosh! And no one had beaten it. One guy was really close, a couple bites away, and he waved his white towel. But then people started throwing money down. They're like, come on, man, you got to do it. 20 bucks, finish it off. He took that bite, and thank God there was an empty pitcher at the table. That was the end of said challenge. We never did it again. <laughs> oh, man, that was maybe for the best. But people, I guess if someone really wanted to do the challenge, they could go order two triples. Yes, two triples and try it out, see what, if they could do it. <laughs> would, would not be recommended. Maybe have the have 911 on speed uh, dial. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, burgers have just become kind of this culinary playground for a lot of restaurants now. And you see a lot of restaurants, you know, throwing pork belly and aioli and avocado and pineapple and mac and cheese and just all kinds of crazy stuff on burgers. You guys have chosen not to do that. You, I mean, you have some... We're about that, as creative as we're going to get now. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And you've got a couple that have like a fried egg and some onion rings and stuff, but you're not going to get too crazy and I think it goes back to if that ain't broke, if it ain't broke, don't, don't fix, fix it, it line. Um, I mean, when you see these other burger places throwing crazy stuff, is there ever, you know, any thought or temptation of like, oh, wait, what if we did something like that? Or is it just, nope, we got what we got and we're just going to stick to it? We're probably just going to stick to it. But I have, like you said, like bacon jam. Why aren't we making bacon jam? We have bacon. Let's make, but we're going to occasionally we'll come up with something creative, throw it on a burger for the day. And have that as our daily burger. But the menu right now can just stay right where it is. I, I think it's just fine. It, it is just fine. I, I, I'm just curious, you right. know, as a as a chef, as someone who's been in the restaurant industry for a long time, I would imagine, yes, there is knowing what's tried and true, what customers love. But there's also probably, you know, some desire to innovate and say, you know, I, I do have some techniques. I'm seeing some other right. cool things. I'm, I wonder if I could do that. How do you balance those two We'll do them schools of thought. That's what's nice about having a daily burger. It's whatever we make up that morning. So if there's fresh jalapenos in the garden, we're going to go grab some cream cheese and we're going to have a jalapeno popper burger. Or, you know, habaneros are popping right now. So we'll have a habanero ranch burger probably next week. Ooh, yum. That, yeah. Sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, where does the inspiration for those come from other than just grabbing something out of the garden? What you've tasted. Yeah. Okay. What do you like? What what caught you off guard one time and you're like, wow, that was amazing. That's a hog wild burger that we run only in the summer because we'll run barbecue specials on Fridays. We got a little smoker out back and you throw some smoke pulled pork and some smoked cheddar on a burger, a little homemade barbecue sauce. And it it's sounds heaven. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but we only do that about once a month throughout the summer to okay. keep people intrigued. And they're like, hey, can we have it? Well, next Friday. <laughs> Uh-huh. That's how you keep them coming back. And it is nice to always come in and, like, I have an idea of what I want, but you have to check that chalkboard yes. and be like, okay, See what? See if there's something yes. out there different right now. It, has there ever been a burger that 
a daily special that really surprised you in how people responded to it? Like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't know if this is a great one or maybe this isn't a great flavor combination, but you know, we'll we'll run it today, and people just ate it up like crazy. That's the College World Series burger when we have the college, and it's a basic. If I'm remembering right, it's just a bacon cheeseburger with some ranch, different cheeses, and it's a nonstop all day long. I think it's just catchy because it's College World Series, but that's just one of those. I'm like, wow, we just added ranch to a bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> we sold 98% of that today. <laughs> oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah, that that one's always a good one. Our Hog Wild, though, that's one people come back for. They're, oh, when are you running that again? Okay. I'm, I'm marking it on my calendar. Nice. Calendar burger. That's yeah. always a pretty <laughs> strong recommendation. Are there any that you're particularly proud of? Like, oh, man, you know, like ones that just when you think of specials that you've created, that just pop to the front of your mind. They're just like, that one was so good. Or I was so happy with how that flavor combination came together. I The haystack. And I didn't make that one up. That's a one that's been around a long time. But if you make that egg just right with a little bit of run in it, so it almost forms a sauce when you're eating it. It's heaven. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. So when you, you know, we kind of talked earlier about how people just keep pushing the line and pushing the line and pushing the line on on burger toppings and what burgers can be. Do you think that there's a point that we can reach where it's almost like too far, where we're masking the, the, fl- the flavor of the burger itself so much that it just kind of defeats the purpose? And that's where... Sometimes you're in the mood for just a burger. Yep. And that's that's Dinkers. That's if you just want a burger, come down there. Like, if you want something fancy, Block 16 does some amazing things on burgers. Where I'm like, wow. About to say, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, yes, you want just your basic bacon cheeseburger worth a spot. And, yes, they can take it too far. We got kids that come down and they create their own. and. You know, they're throwing a chicken patty on top of the burger that's dipped in buffalo wing sauce with some <laughs> onion rings. And I'm like, I'll make it. Here we go. <laughs> wow. But that's when they've gone over. Yeah. They're not eating a burger. They're eating a, a monstrosity at that point. <laughs> you just stole the word right out of my mouth. Monstrosity. I mean, and that's the perfect way to put it. All right. We've gone too far without talking about the history of Dinkers because that plays so much into the charm and what makes this place special. Can you give me just the basic origin story? I'm sure you've yes. said this a thousand times, but give my, me the origin story. My grandfather Dinkers. lived across the street. He would go there, and it's not in the building it was in, or that it is in now. It was next door, which it moved shortly after. But he would get off work at Falstaff, and him and his friends would go have a couple beers at the bar across the street. And he was like, "I want to be the guy that has the guys coming in and having beers and BSing with them." And that's, he was a great people person. And that's exactly what he did. Bought it, took it over, and that's, the guys from Falstaff would come down. He had this little old lady named Verge cooking on a little 5 by 10 griddle burgers. And they had a little steamer they'd do polo sausage on. And that's where it all originated from. And that was, what, 1963. And he didn't get the official liquor license till 65. <laughs> okay. So Dinkers even extends back a little yeah, bit further. A little bit further. Gotcha. What do you remember most about your grandpa? Being a people person. That was his thing. The kids, the grandkids, and just the people of the neighborhood. He, he was, he's unforgettable. 
if you ever met him, he's one of those unforgettable people. And that, I mean, that's the exact quality that you want in a bar owner. Like, that, that's I'm, what I'm, made Dinkers Dinkers. Yeah, that, that's what keeps people coming back. If there's an engaging personality who makes them feel good, like, even if it's, you know, I don't want to say just a corner bar, but like, you know, that sense of community that you yes. can create. And so, that's what he did then. That was a huge part of that community. I mean, he had little league football teams, baseball teams, basketball teams. All sponsored through him. That oh really? Yeah, Little Dinks Football Club. That they practiced right down the street at Hanscom Park. All the equipment was in the basement of the bar. So you had kids coming in constantly, families coming in constantly, and that that's what starts something great. Where does the Dinker nickname come from? You know, we still to this day do not know that. Really? Everyone in that area, Sheely Town, was what it was called. As Polish, Bohemian, Hungarian immigrants, everybody had a nickname. And his was Dinker and Grandma to this day. You know, I don't really know what that came from. That's wild. That's, and I didn't know his name, his real name, Frank, until I was about 12 or 13. Seriously? I thought it was Dinker. We all, all the kids called him Pops. Was, oh, okay. If you came in, you called him Pops. He was Pops to every little kid in the neighborhood. And I was at their house one day, and the phone rang. It was for Frank. Oh, no, you got the wrong number. That's my cousin. Gave him my cousin Frank's number. And my grandma's, who is that for? I'm like, well, for it was for Frank. You know, that's grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Dinker. <laughs> so, yeah. That's awesome. And good thing, is, I mean, Dinkers, that's a very catchy name. It is. Good thing it was Dinker and not, I don't know, something less catchy. But. <laughs> Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. There are certain moments in your life that are so remarkable, you'll just never forget them. I distinctly remember the first time that I watched LeBron James play basketball and the first time I saw the original Star Wars. The sheer awe I had in those moments changed the way I look at basketball and movies, respectively, moving forward. The same goes to steak, thanks to certified Piedmontese. The rib cap at Casa Bovina is so rich, decadent, and fork tender that it is seared into my brain. But you don't have to dine at Casa Bovina to have that same life-changing experience. This beef is so delicious, even the average home cook can look like a superstar using these steaks, roasts, and ground beef. Trust me, I know from experience. Check out all the options on CertifiedPiedmontese.com and use my promo code HOPPEN. H-O-P-P-E-N for 25% off your order. It's time to start creating new beef-centric memories that'll stay with you forever. And now, back to my guest. There's a line on Dinker's website that says, we're proud to say that while our staple has expanded from cold beer to cold beer and great food, when did food start to become an important part of the equation? Where And I know that you mentioned Verge had the, had the small cooktop. Yes, and it was... I would say early 80s-ish Okay, that it started to really take off as a, a burger place. And, and was, that, was that intentional? Was that your family saying, hey, we, we can make some great burgers. Let's really push these out. Or were you just kind of offering burgers on the side and, and more and more people start ordering them? And it's just like, wait a second. Can we like blow this burger thing up? I think I was catching that lunch crowd from the... We had fall staff, different businesses right there, and they'd come down, and so we got bigger and bigger. We have, okay, now there's 20 guys coming down for lunch. 
we need an actual kitchen kitchen going on. And back then it was my aunt and my mom did it together. And yeah, when I remember being in grade school, walk across the bridge, get a snack. <laughs> it, it was great. When did the like the big um the big stovetop get put in? Now that's a good question. I would say in the late eighties probably. Okay, late eighties. Nice. Um I mean we kinda talked at the top about how Dinkers is just it's so well known by by everyone. I mean when you talk about you know burger joints in Omaha, Dinkers is one of the first ones that is gonna leap to most people's mind. How meaningful is that to you? It's actually huge. And and you don't realize it until you until you see it. Like you're in another country. We were in another country sitting out in the ocean and I was mentioning we're at a wedding in the Dominican Republic. How the burgers at the little bar, swim up bar are pretty good. And a guy in the ocean, oh the best burgers around are or best burgers in the world are dinkers. What? Just one of those random smack you in the face. What did he just say? And we start talking, and he grew up two blocks from Dinkers when he was a kid. Moved to Colorado, ended up moving somewhere else, and he was down there for a wedding as well. It just one of those small little, okay. <laughs> I was told this in a different country that we have the best burgers. <laughs> and he still remembers it. Yeah. That's wild. And he said when he comes back to visit his parents, he always makes sure to stop in and have a burger when he's in town. And I'm just like, wow, that's <laughs> that's really, that's really amazing. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk about your background specifically a little bit, John. And obviously you grew up in this family where, and I mean, you've mentioned already grandma, grandpa, aunts, your mom, like all these different people in the family have worked in the restaurant. Yes. Was it almost like, was it a big part of your childhood growing up? It was our childhood. This was your childhood. And, okay. And not just me. All my cousins, like, we were raised. You went to grandma's to be babysat. You walked across the bridge to school. Uh, ICC used to be across the bridge, which there's no longer a bridge and no longer a school. But time mm-hmm. time happens. <laughs> but, yeah, that was we're either playing out in the street or in one of the yards next to it or in the back of the old bar. They had horseshoes. We were back there playing. So, yeah. And then that was your first job. You're going to start washing dishes or bussing tables or I think every one of my cousins at some point has worked there for a little bit. And what's nice now is that's what we're doing for the next generation, all the neighborhood kids. If you're in college, this is the best place to come get a job. High school, we can work around your schedule. You need some hours. You know, oh, you got volleyball. Okay, we we can cover you. That's what's been the same since we started. So what was your first job at Dinkers. Do you remember? Bussing tables when I was a kid and taking the old cans in. I don't think, I think I was 10 and he would let me drive the pickup to the little <laughs> can place on the other side of the bridge. You have to throw you the keys, you and a buddy load it up the truck and go over there, come back, he'd give you enough money for to go buy some baseball cards. And When, like how long did you work there before you were trusted on the grill? Now that I came back, I bartended off and on or okay. did different things. My wife of 20 plus years now has bartended there through college. It's just one of those family works and helps out. But I came back right before my kids were born. Uh, and my daughter, my oldest is 18. So I've been there 18 years straight now. Mm-hmm. And what was it? I mean, it, okay. It's first of all, 
did you ever plan on leaving? Like, it sounds like a, a lot of family just kind of, you know, grows up working in the restaurant and then goes on. To, yeah, th- they do go on. They don't stay. No, I'm about the only one left now. Okay. And then the next generation will have the next generation right. coming and we all have younger. My daughter now works down there. About to start college, so it's nice for her to get that too. So, um, what brought you back? I had been at the same job for years. They closed. My wife was about to have a baby, and I'm like, "Hey, I could work nights down there. You work during the day. We'll never have to pay for daycare." And we did that until they both started school, and that's when I started working during the day, taking over the kitchen, doing different things for my aunt back then. Now, I mean. When you're talking about, you know, this restaurant that has so much history, that is so beloved, it has these just rabid fans, I can imagine that's, to take over the kitchen, that's really exciting because it's a fantastic opportunity, but there's also some pressure that comes with that because you have a high level that people are expecting and you have to maintain that. How did you deal with that pressure? Well, and like right now, the lady who makes our specials, we have what's called the Bible and it's my grandma's, my aunt's. They're all old recipes, and we just base everything. We still go off of these old. If you came down today and had our Spanish hamburger, which is AK goulash, that's been the same recipe for 63 years or how it, you know, 58 years, however long it would be, and that's the Bible's essential. How long were you, were you working uh, at the grill before you developed the feel? I'd say it took a good couple years, really, to to be confident that I don't have to sit there and check. And you can do the finger check. The is it there now? It's just a flip and go. I it's routine. Uh huh. Have you? Are there ever any discussions that you guys have about updating things about the bar? Whether it's the menu, whether it's should we accept credit cards, you know, things things like that, or is it just nope? We're just leaving it as it is. We're going to leave it as is. And and we have updated a few little things on there. I, the hat trick burger wasn't there when I was a kid. You know, a couple of different things have just come in where people liked them. So we ended up eventually adding it to our menu. How much, uh, like, feedback do you take from customers and, and try and uh, inject that into the restaurant? Well, you do a lot. I they're the reason we get the hamburger that we get right now. For years, we used Omaha Steaks hamburger. They changed their process on how they did their burger. So we're like, hey, let's try. And we had five different local distributors bring down burger. And we made them, set them out with little flags, and the customers just got to taste. And oh, put really? The one you prefer. When was this? This is. Years ago now? Yeah, 15 okay. years ago. Okay. So. Del Gould won hands down. It was one of those not even close. And we're like, they're from Lincoln. They locally source all their meat. It's a small operation. So we know we're going to be prioritized. And it worked out great. Are there any rules or lines that like cannot be crossed at Dinkers where it's like, we will not do this with a burger. We're we're staying. We'll never put a vegan burger in. Sorry, all of you out there that want the vegetarian burger. That's one we agreed upon. We're a burger place. If you want a vet, we have a salad. There you go. (laughs) That's totally fair. So, um, unfortunately, a lot of, like, really classic, beloved 
Omaha restaurants have closed in recent years. Where yes. we're, we're talking about La Sola Mio, Malara's, Rivera's, Dario's, J. Coco, and and I frequented every one of those. Right, restaurants. I loved those restaurants, and and they, you know, they they closed for different reasons. Some were retirement. Some were the people just didn't want to do it anymore. Some were um, more real estate uh, related decisions. But when when places like that close i think it shines a spotlight even greater on the ones that continue to thrive and right. dinkers is one of those what is it about dinkers that you think has allowed it to stand the t- the test of time that whole neighborhood aspect you're always supported by that neighborhood there's tons of people around they all they all come down and eat it, to find someone that lives within a six block radius that hasn't been there i don't think happens like we are completely supported by our neighborhood and then we have downtown very close which is very nice um every creighton game we're going to be packed shoulder to shoulder until that game starts that they're going to get in get their burgers we're going to go as fast as we can to get them down there and and that's always nice and to have that support of downtown you know you get the construction workers from down there you get the lawyers you get the judges so it's really nice the word of mouth spreads down there and yeah, because you, I find it so interesting. You guys don't really do the whole so, social media game. No. I mean, a little bit on Facebook. I don't think you have an Instagram. I mean, just relying on word of mouth, I feel like is a very dangerous strategy for most restaurants. But for you guys, you've already got such a reputation built up that right. it's a strategy. We we just don't need it. That's and they call all the time for to do this, do that. We've just never had to do it. All of our our media time comes when they come to us. Right. Oh, you won this award, or you've received this, or you were recommended for this, and those we love those. Uh (laughs) Tell me about the atmosphere like before a Creighton game, because you just said you know it's going to be wall to wall packed. It's going to be jammed. So, what is it like for you as the kitchen manager, like? knowing that this is going to be an insane day when you like come into the restaurant that morning what's your mindset like get everything ready stock it have it ready and that's i love those days when you know it's going to be busy and because your day is going to fly right on by you know you're going to be busy all day you're going to be go 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 i'd take that any day over a, a slow day or you know a mediocre day give give me the rush I would assume you guys have a lot of regulars, right? Yes. I mean, do, do you recognize a, a lot 80%, of Eighty percent, I would say. Eighty percent? Is recognizable, yes. Wow. That's incredible it's for a restaurant. It's very odd to have the restaurant where you don't know at least half of them. It's just one of those, we're a repeat business type place. Uh-huh. Are you ever able to, I know that you're, you're, you're working the grill, so you're busy. Are you a, ever able to go out and kind of like mingle and interact with those people? Oh, yes, occasionally. That, and it happens. That not always on the grill. Have been lately. But, yes, I've been the, the socializer before, and that, that's the funnest part. How meaningful is that for you that, I mean, I, I just can't even wrap my head around that. 80% are regulars or recognizable customers. I mean, what? Like, when you say that number out loud, does that just almost floor you a little bit? That's a huge number. I guess I didn't realize that that's that big of a number. I've always been in that atmosphere. I've known all these people pretty much my whole life because I grew up in that area, 
raised in that area, raised my kids in that area. So just kind of get to know everybody. It's fantastic. It's like a small town in the big city. Oh, yes. A very good point. All right. I got two more questions uh, for you that I like to ask just about everybody that I have on the podcast. I think that they provide a little bit of insight into the restaurant industry and just what it's like to to be a part of it. Um, what is one thing about the restaurant industry that you think most customers don't understand, but you wish they did understand? Patience. Nothing's made instantly. That's my, it's all freshly made. And, and down there, that's where, I, where you see the impatience happen. Where somebody wants their food and don't understand why their food's not ready. And I'm just like, you can see <laughs> yeah, it's exactly how d- many burgers I'm cooking. Dinkers right has now. an open <laughs> kitchen. Everything, like that grill is right, right there. You can see it all. That's one thing I would like to, just patience. I'm shocked that people would be, imp- like, I, I'm sure like during a Creighton game or, you know, during the College World Series or something, it gets busy, but... Last time I went down there, I had my burger within 10 minutes. It, and that's a long time, in my opinion. It should be out in eight. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. I didn't have any problem with 10. Right. I, but people aren't, they don't want to wait eight minutes for a burger. Right. And and it does. I, I understand we get busy, but that's where I believe patience should mm-hmm. be involved. Mm-hmm. You know, we're normal human beings going as fast as we can. We're not trying to not get you your food yeah, at this seriously. time. <laughs> yeah. So that's just one patience, and that's in every food industry, every restaurant. Mm-hmm. And to get you out of here on a positive note, what is your favorite thing about being a part of the restaurant industry? Socialization, getting to talk to and talk to my customers, ask them how things were, was it good? Getting real feedback face to face. That that's always awesome. Of course, and I'm sure they appreciate that as well. Whenever you get to talk to somebody from the kitchen, it's almost like a mini celebrity moment you're like whoa you you just made this awesome burger that i'm loving you asked me if it was okay yeah (laughs) thank you well that's fantastic this is normally the point in the podcast where i tell listeners like hey you should check out this restaurant it's really good i don't know if i need to do that with dinkers (laughs) most people listening or watching this are at least aware of it if they haven't been in but if you have, you know how fantastic these burgers are, and and like you said, it's a burger burger. It's yes. a it's a grease dripping down your arms. Just that beef is so delicious. It you know one that you you just don't even want to put it down. It's so good. So I mean, people go go check it out and get the onion rings. I, I actually right before we get out of here, I wanted to ask you about the onion rings because there's a trick to our onion rings. Okay, we get complaints sometimes, and I know what if we. The trick to our onion rings, it has to sit overnight to be our perfect onion ring. It has to be made, and it melds together overnight. And we get really busy sometimes. And where we make 20 bus tubs, and that's just not enough for a Friday. And I apologize to those people on Saturday morning. Your breading didn't stick like it should. (laughs) But that's the food industry. When Mm -hmm. you're getting swamped, you're trying your best to put out the best, but sometimes... It didn't have that time. But even, even... Even when they're bad, they're good. Oh, oh for sure. For <laughs> sure. And I'm not trying to say, you know, I've had bad onion rings at Tinkers. I'm, that's not where I'm going at all. I, that's not been my experience. But I've found your onion rings are very different yes. from other restaurants. Other restaurants have, you know, like 
They're a bit thicker. They've got, you know, more of a pronounced breading. Yours are very thin, Light, a little flaky. loose. Yes, very, very flaky batter. Um, and I feel like your onions are a little bit sweeter. What's the difference? And you don't have to give me the trade secrets or anything, but why are your onion rings so different from other places? I'm not that. We just get the sw- the big sweet onion. I-, I hand slice them every morning. They are hand breaded. I mean, that's farm fresh eggs. Maybe that goes in the mix. Okay, there's just tons of little variables. Okay, I I, I won't. I don't want any secrets. <laughs> I don't want anybody stealing your recipe because that is a Dinkers recipe, and yes, and we don't want anybody else to have it. People get down to Dinkers, get some onion rings, get a burger, have a fantastic time. John, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. This was a pleasure to dive into just a place with so much history and, I mean, fantastic burgers. Perfect. Come on down. Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.